Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the Twilight Saga. You don't have to have seen the films to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed, please be aware that there are plot spoilers. Enjoy. Sorry, um, sorry, I was a bit late. I was making an apple pie. That is quite all right. That's the best reason to be late for anything. Yeah. How uh, how has your weekend been? Yeah, it's been fine. Um, working, uh, writing, stuff like that. Um, and uh, watched a lot of movies. Yeah, seeing as we set ourselves the challenge for this one that involved watching a lot of films, I kind of... I knew what you'd be doing for most of this weekend, I guess. <laughs> yes. I did find time to watch another movie as well, though. Which was? Um, it's a film called Raw, which is a French horror film. It was quite horrible. Um, R-A-O-R-A-R. No, uh, R-A-W. R-A-W. Yeah. Like um, WWE Raw. Or, or Eddie Murphy Raw. Yeah, I was thinking of that as well. Um, yeah, which is horrible but good. If Yeah. Not 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 a pleasant watch, but an interesting film. Cool. So yeah, let's jump straight in. We watched you... all of the Twilight films, not just the first one. We could have just done the first one. We we watched the whole saga, the Twilight Saga, as it is called. Yeah, we we could have just watched the first one, but uh, we perhaps foolishly <laughs> decided <laughs> let's watch all of them, um, which was kind of my doing. So I apologise for for putting you through that, Paddy. That's okay. Um, I mean, after the first one, I did consider texting you and being like, we could just stop now and save ourselves a lot of pain. But I was also kind of ready for the pain. Yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of needed to see it through to the end. Yeah. Um, just uh, just out of morbid curiosity, I suppose. Yeah, when I commit to something, I commit to something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> God, I'm just remembering everything that happened. I'm yeah, trying so, to remember everything that happened. As a disclaimer, I should say that neither of us have read the books either, and that the books were published by the company that I work for and produced you know, a significant amount of that company's profit in the couple of years before I joined. So obviously I'm very grateful to Stephanie Mayer for writing the books and for their popularity, and I respect that, and I'm glad that they exist. But boy, these films, they are, they are dreadful. <laughs> yeah um i i realized quite early on into the first twilight but by the time i'd finished it my brain was going to have turned into like wet pieces of bread <laughs> um so i actually i took notes as i went along because i realized there was so much i wanted to to talk about and because you're a true podcast professional and but well most of the time i'm making mental notes and i've i've got a pretty good memory of movies but for these ones i felt like i needed to note down everything that i found odd and that i needed to 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 take care of basically good um so yeah should we should we crack on we've got five movies to get through yeah for one crack episode on. hit me with your notes so so the first note i've made is bella is a bit of an asshole <laughs> um <laughs> 
did, did you get that sense from from the original Twilight? I've got them. I've got them uh, segmented segmented per movie. Yeah, me too. Um, but did you get that sense immediately? She is very dislikable. Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of it starts with her moving away from her mum to live with her dad for kind of no apparent reason, other than that her mother's boyfriend is a, a minor league baseball player and they have to go to spring training in florida and she's like well i don't want to go there so i'm going to go to live with my dad in this who i hardly ever see in this town in the middle of washington which is a real town by the way it is people keep visiting it don't yeah. they oh yeah it's um, had an uplift in tourism because of twilight so that's good yeah, and it's actually so it, it's four hours from seattle so it's quite remote it's quite yeah quite a long ways away um yeah so she decides that because she doesn't want to be either stuck around in Arizona or running off to Florida, she decides, I know, I'll go up to Washington. And uh, for no for no real good reason, apart from that, you know, it allows her to meet some interesting people. Yeah, for no real reason other than that she wants to be mad at something and she wants to be gloomy. She's a gloomy heroine. That's like think that the whole kind of thread running through it, isn't it? She's she never goes as far as being like a goth, but she's like it's trying to be like, oh, okay, it's okay to be a bit of a a bit of a kind of gloomy person. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be kind of like mild social anxiety that she doesn't really feel at place around other people, but it just comes across that she's really rude and snarky to everybody. Yeah. Um. But the the people of Forks are with a few exceptions total weirdos and you get that sense like really early on um so so uh my, my possibly my favorite part of the of the first movie is when she turns up at high school for the first time in a beaten up old truck and she parks it and uh then this kid goes nice ride and she goes <laughs> thanks yeah and, and then just someone such else a kind of can... standard interaction so, okay, yeah, yep. and then, and then sort of in the background, you hear someone just going, "Oh, good one." It's like, what is going on here? It's it's like the entirety of the town of Forks was um, abducted by aliens, and they sent down a load of replicants in their place, effectively, so that they've they they've learnt how to talk as humans by watching movies. Or, they gave or them a bunch TV. of stock phrases. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like they're all NPCs from a video game. Yeah. And so so they've just got these kind of generic things that they have to repeat over and over again. Um and you're playing as Bella on quite a difficult setting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this isn't this isn't story mode. Um it's it's and and yeah, everyone's kind of weirdly intense about her being in Forks as this new person. Um and like beyond the kind of usual oh you're the new kid here's everyone's gonna josh you around a bit this that and whatever it's like everyone is staring at her and it's weird and everything's slow and that that kind of atmosphere continues throughout the entire saga yeah yeah that 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 is for throughout all of the five movies that is going on um and and when, when i didn't know anything about like i knew the basic structure of twilight and girl moves to place she doesn't feel like she belongs. She meets sparkly vampire. They fall in love. Somewhere there's a werewolf. Sometimes there's a horrifying CGI child. And <laughs> yeah. there's a guy who laughs. And that that's pretty much what I understood about 
the entirety of the Twilight Saga going into this. And in my head, I'd pictured it as being much more sort of like standard so that when she comes to this new town like she's bullied or no one wants to be friends with her or something like that and then that's when she meets vampire handsome man um but and instead, he's like i'm an outcast too let's yeah, let's instead, bond like, over our being ostracized but yeah it's nothing like that at all everybody loves her immediately like three people want to go out with her instantaneously yeah. um which you know she that instantly happens... becomes friends with popular and funny girl anna kendrick who i didn't even know was in this film yeah i know right that was a surprise and like yeah everything just seems to be going relatively well for her but she hates it um she hates that she's got friends um and then she she becomes obsessed with with this family of um their their foster kids apart from they date each other yeah, and then there's and then there's the one loner, Edward Cullen. Um, all of them look like they're in their mid twenties, much like the rest of the yeah high school. And they're all pale um, and weird looking, but because Anna Kendrick says he's gorgeous, you kind of it's like you're supposed to believe it. It's like if if a character said t- says something directly, it's supposed to like become the truth, but it's actually not true. He looks weird. Yeah, he, they're all they're all quite odd, and they're all when they first turn up, they're all wearing like all white as well. And it's like, hmm, interesting one. Interesting choice. Um, I was wondering, why are these vampires at high school? Um, yeah. I was trying to think of like a good reason for it. Is it, this is probably explained in the book somewhere. The only reason I could think is it allows the coven of vampires to um, to keep up to date with what's going on in the outside world a bit easier. Yeah, or that it's like a ruse because isn't the like the vampire logic in this film is not the traditional vampire logic by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it goes as far as drinking blood, and then there's a there's a bunch of other shit that's just invented whenever it's convenient for the plot or the characterization. But yeah, it's it's really really strange. Right? Yeah, it's, and I- it's not quite clear. It's like well, because some of them were bitten when they were seventeen, so that's the age that you stay, so they get to go to high school. Whereas the other ones, if you're older get to like it's like a groundhog day situation yeah but i'm just wondering like i mean they could just keep going to high school but that means that every couple of years they'd have to go somewhere else or they'd have to go into hiding whereas like if you looked at someone who was who was like 17 you wouldn't necessarily think oh that person is definitely not able to go out and get a job they could be 19 they could be 20 something like that exactly and so, the vampires seem to have infinite money and resources so yeah so They've it's like the- they could easily just fake anything for him to go and get out a job or they could just sit around doing nothing like why would you bother going to school if you had all those money and resources all you need to do is hunt and they don't hunt people they just hunt animals so like yeah it, the the them being there having to have a presence or integrate is not really explained it's it's really odd and like i i I made a a note every so often just saying these vampires are assholes because every so often they do something that's incredibly assholish um but thinking about it now like these guys clearly have a lot of resources they don't need to sleep the only thing they need to do is go out and hunt an animal every so often they're all relatively intelligent people and a lot of them have superpowers on top of the fact that they're vampires so yeah. Why aren't they using since they don't want to eat humans, why aren't they using their powers for good in some other way? Like 
one of them's a doctor, they could all be working in a lab trying to find out a cure for their bloodlust for humans, for instance. Yeah, well, Carlisle, I think, is the most interesting character of the vampires by far. He's like the patriarch of the Cullen family, and he's the one who like saved all of them and fo- as like the foster dad or whatever. And he's a doctor, and he seems to have really cool powers and to be like trying to do good and to to act to like promote good in the vampire community. But yeah, there's a lot more that he could be doing. I think he needs to pull his finger out. Yeah, and, and like particularly the others who don't seem to do anything at all apart from like go to high school, which they don't really need to do. Yeah, because they're like 100 years old. Yeah. Can you imagine having to do like woodworking class over and over <laughs> again or whatever? Like, Well, exactly. Like how how often do you have to sit around and just like do French A-level? Like if you had to do that over and over oh, for 100 Jesus. years. um. It's just, yeah, it was, it's a weird choice. And I can understand why they made that choice from a storytelling perspective. But in terms of the logic, both of the world and in general, it it, ugh, it makes zero sense whatsoever. Um, and and so, like, she immediately becomes attracted to Handsome Pale Man um, yep. and over um, a biology class where they're looking at creepy flatworms and there's this kind of, like, flatworm montage. Um <laughs> That's, that's my favourite band. <laughs> Flatworm montage. <laughs> um, and and yeah, so that was that was nice. You know, that's not what you expect from a romantic movie. Is like, here's a creepy worm thing. Hey, vampire mate, come yeah. check out, come check out Bella. She's well hot. Um, and, but and he seems keep... to have some problem with her. Yeah, he's, he does. He looks at her and he's like, I'm I'm annoyed. Yeah, he's livid, and he goes off and he wants to try and take another class. Um, but they're all full, so he just doesn't turn up to school for a bit. Um, this might be a good point where they could just all drop out of school because they have no reason to be there. But he does come back, um, and uh, and they sort of they have this kind of kind of courtship thing going on. But it's kind of like an awkward "I hate you, but I love you," you know, because that's how that's how romance works. Um, yeah. If you if you like somebody you you act like you hate them and you treat them like crap and then you reveal your love and you totally haven't put them off and scared them with your nastiness yeah and there there also should always be an element of the of you as a male like no being a bit threatening and knowing that like you could hurt her and telling her you could hurt her and her being like oh no that's that's what i want i love that yeah yeah always remember that um Act as though everybody you're getting into a relationship with is really into S&M, even if you're not. Yeah. And um, that's how romance happens. Um, so they're really weird and they keep giving each other these weird looks. And like later on in the plot, you realize that she's got like super blood. And so that's why Edward's acting funny. But like, not there's to be no... confused with super bad. <laughs> not to be confused with super bad or super Which grass is a much or super film. tramp. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um and uh and yeah so so that kind of explains why he's giving her these weird looks but like she's giving him these really strange looks all the way through the movie and and that kind of continues throughout all of the films apart from maybe the last one she'll occasionally sort of like look at him with this weird like open-mouthed expression yeah. like she's about to bite her lower lip but doesn't um, Roughly half of every single film is just intense staring between yeah. our pats and case you, just yeah. staring each other out. 
Because that's also very romantic. It is. Like, I remember that when I first met you, Paddy, I was just staring at you intently. Yeah, And, and that's too. how our, our long friendship was formed. Um, we were just because I was drunk. On, on either sides of the dance floor of a club, just staring at each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's how it works. Um, so, so, yeah, so they kind of they kind of get together, sort of, but they're not really. Um, and and then they do get together, but it's all a bit sort of like, oh, but she's a she's a human and you're a vampire and this this can't happen. Um, and sort of there's this big reveal where she says, uh, and I, I wrote this down. Uh, she says to him, sometimes you speak like you're from a different time. And up until this point, I had not thought this guy speaks like he's from a different time. He just seemed to speak like a slightly awkward weirdo, not like he was from the 1910s. Yeah. When you think when that kind of reveal happens, you think, actually, he's actually quite well adjusted to living in 2010. Like he dresses normally. He dresses the most normal out of all his weird freako buddies and like. You don't think he's he's not like Quoth Raven Nevermore. He's yeah, he, he's not like yeah. I, I can just imagine like if they hadn't been like re relearning what the world's like. If he turned up to high school and was just like, "Ah, oh, hello there, Bella." Yeah, would you like to ride home on my penny farthing? <laughs> do, do, do you like do you like the look of my Ford Pontiac? That, kind that of actually there would have been a much better film. That would have been yeah, hilarious. Yeah, if if he turned up in like a zoot suit, then <laughs> I would have been all over it. Um so so I wrote down that this is like the anti spring. Um yeah. and because spring tells generally the same core story of two people are in love, one of them's a monster, they don't want to hurt the other person, at the end their love might come through. And but they do it in such different ways so that everything that spring does to subvert your expectations um, and to tell an interesting, compelling story where you care about the two characters, this does the opposite. So for starters, being a vampire in the Twilight universe is bloody awesome. Like yeah. th- there's literally no downsides apart from the fact that you want to eat people. And to be honest, some people deserve to get eaten by a vampire. Yeah, so, like, for sure. That's fine. I'd be a vampire in the Twilight verse in like a heartbeat if given the option. Like live forever, yeah. cool pale skin, which I've already got. Um, <laughs> run, run well fast. Climb up trees. Hang you out. Don't with... have to sleep, so you can get don't a have lot to sleep. done. Yeah, you can get a lot done. Like hang out with your vampire mates all the time. Pick fights with wolves. Play play base vampire baseball. Play vampire you, you, actually, baseball. You could join any team in the major leagues because you could hit really far. Yeah, and because you shined in the sun, like you dazzle the pitcher. Yeah. So there would be like multiple reasons to be an awesome vampire baseball star. Yeah. Um. Like there's, well, that, there's I, no there's I no. I think downside. it would be okay to be one of the wolf boys as well. Like yeah, the wolf boys yeah, are just cool. randomly transform into a wolf and run around. Like that's not so bad either. Like, but they a, can't fly. Being being a monster in this universe is great. Like, there's literally nothing nothing bad about it. Like, if if they really wanted to amp it up, the problems of being a vampire when he was in sunlight. If you didn't want him to turn into ashes, he could become like a hideous beast or something like that. But instead, it's just like oh, he sparkles a bit, and like yeah. that just means that like these vampires could go to Notting Hill Carnival every year and be like the most awesome people there. They would be the stars of the show. So like, th- there's nothing, there's nothing to lose from, from, uh, from being a vampire. But yeah, so you brought up the baseball scene, which is 
possibly that was the my other... favorite scene in the whole saga yeah. obviously yeah but also because it's a soundtrack by supermassive black hole by muse which is an awesome song and it yeah. was like it was a turning point for muse as well when they they it was like when they they moved properly moved away from being just a kind of straight up sort of heavy prog rock metal band and then started doing more interesting things but before they got terrible and bloated and and boring so yeah for me like i really love the first few muse albums um and i think they did a lot of their more interesting stuff then but yeah you're right um supermassive black hole is one of their best songs and it sounds totally unlike anything else they've done um and unfortunately after that they kind of went down the full prog route basically yeah and everything was just screaming high-pitched guitar solos for eternity yes exactly that's my impression <laughs> of muse <laughs> and 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 then they they turned awful um but and, supermassive but, black hole like that could have been a prince song it's so yeah good. yeah it's it's like if prince had access to heavy rock instead of his brand of like 80s rock love um, sexy which is which is great and it's a well it's a well good song um and overall the soundtrack to the entire saga is great there were so many amazing songs Mm, um, which yeah. I wasn't expecting, and so I was digging it when there were, you know, there's a little bit of Tom York in there and stuff like that. Yeah, I was very interested in the soundtrack actually because um, around the time that New Moon came out, um, Death Cab for Cutie had a song on the soundtrack which was called "Meet Me on the Equinox," and it's a really good song. Um, and they apparently actually like read some of the books and like really got into it and stuff. Um, but when I went to see them live around the same time, when they played that song, like the lights all went red, and Ben Gibbard, who like he never says anything on stage, like he's really quiet. He went, "This is a song from a film about vampires. Woo, scary!" And it's like, <laughs> that was like the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Um, it's a really good song. That's it pops up in New Moon somewhere. But, um, so yeah, it's good. Most of the like incidental music was pretty good. I think. I feel like you might have enjoyed it more than I did because it was a bit Reznor-ish, I thought. But it was like it was like Poundland Reznor. Yeah, it was like um Yeah, it was like if you got like Marilyn Manson to do it. Mm. So like not not quite Reznor. But at times Close I enough. also found it sort of overly creepy and like overly atmospheric. Like most things in the whole saga, it was incredibly laboured. Um and that like the whole time it was just it was a bit much for me really i think but it was still good and the music was one of the the things that you could like about it i think yeah if the if the story being told wasn't so low-key then the music would have been really good but this is a very low-key story across the whole saga yeah there's there's no there's no giant stakes anywhere really giant snakes down to it giant snakes if there was giant snakes i mean that would be great why wasn't there a vampire that turns into a giant snake that would have been awesome that would have been great. So, so or like obviously, team, like a wolf, a vampire wolf. I thought that was where it was going to be headed. Like one of the vampires and one of the wolves were going to have a kid, and then that was going to be like the big threat. Well, yeah, because it's all hinted at. We'll, we'll talk about that later on about about the the creepiness of the potential romantic future of Twilight. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the baseball scene is when we're also introduced to the bad guys of the movie who up until this point, they've been eating the odd person in Forks, which only has yeah. a population of 3,000, I think they say. Yeah. Um, it's and one then, of like, those scenes where it's on the sign as they drive into town. Yeah, and then like... They didn't go as far as showing someone like putting the extra number on there, which is like would have been a hilarious cartoon thing to do, but I felt like they could have done. Yeah, they should have taken a number off for each of the people that gets killed by the evil vampires. Yeah. That would have been you great. The vampires they just, just cut back like, to the same old guy. Bite the sign. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and so we're introduced to our, our villains. We've got Victoria. Um, I've forgotten the name. Laurent? Was it Laurent or something like that? Something like that, yeah. And then uh, a James, the bad guy James. And James is a really bad name if you're introducing... Big bad James. Yeah. I'm James the Vampire. <laughs> um, so that made me giggle quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, so we're introduced to them, and then they they have a there's like an intimidating moment where they're all going to fight each other, um, and it doesn't really work because um, half of them are wearing baseball gear, yeah, and it's just like oh this all looks very silly, um, and uh, and yeah, so then they they have this little this little showdown, and then they wander off, but it turns out that James has now caught the scent of Bella, and because she's got super blood, he's now obsessed with finding her and eating her. Yeah, um, and the vampire's bloodlust is a thing that you can't control. And like the whole time, yeah, throughout the saga, it's like can some vampires can control it, sometimes they can't. Whenever they need to create a bit of jeopardy, they're like, oh, one of the vampires can't control himself now. Yeah, and like it makes no sense when they can and can't. I just think that the vampires just don't care enough to control it every so often because we've already established that they're assholes. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> they're just like, ah, no, I might eat this person instead um so so for instance there's um there's that scene where she gets introduced to edward's family to the whole cullen gang and um and they're sort of like they're all kind of like talking about how it's difficult not to eat her and it's played for laughs <laughs> for the audience and you're like yeah. this should this in in a normal movie this would be like a really intense scene but instead it's just awkward comedy that is not funny whatsoever um, yeah. So it's really weird from a to- from a storytelling perspective to do that. It is. It's like this is not really the time to try and inject humor into it, and most of the attempts at trying to inject humor just don't really work because everything else is so intense. It just feels really incongruous. Yeah, but, but, but in every single movie, apart from like two exceptions, when it's supposed to be funny, it's the most awkward part of the film. When it's supposed to be tragic, that's the funniest moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, that, that's definitely true in this scene where it's just incredibly awkward to watch, um, particularly given that there's there's such a total lack of chemistry between anybody. Like, and and I think a lot of that you know comes down to the script rather than the acting, or rather than the actors themselves. I suppose is a better way to put it. Yeah, I mean, again, they were young, mostly very very young, especially Taylor Lautner. He was like fifteen or something in the mm. first one, so you know they're probably they haven't had a lot of time to develop their acting skills and they've been given an incredibly lumpen script and to work with and probably quite lumpen direction as well so i feel like a lot of the performances are really bad especially like robert pattinson's accent and his general demeanor every single line he does is delivered so kind of slowly and mumbly it's almost like it's almost like a mumblecore film it's it hilarious. is yeah yeah and and like reading back interviews with robert pattinson since he clearly gave zero shits when he was making these movies yeah which i think is fair enough um and but the, weirdly enough like taylor lautner in the first movie i think is one of the better performers you get yeah. a sense that he is a, a kid and that he likes bella with his and, incredibly uh, long metallica like hair yeah yeah and but like he seems normal he seems like a normal person he's like the only person in the town apart from bella's dad who isn't a weirdo he, I like, I like him. You know, I like, I like me a good, um, a good chief of police. Like, I'm always going to root for the chief of police because they're they're always flawed in some way. And yeah, he he 
he he came through for me on that one. He's he's great. He is the he's the awkward dad. He's the chief of police, and he's the guy with the mustache. So he fits like three criteria that every movie should have. And yeah, we we love we love old Charlie. Charlie's great. Yeah, he's he's the reason to watch these movies. Um, he's he's the one you're really rooting for. Yeah. So um, I I don't know whether we should put like a timer on for how long we've been speaking about each movie. Yeah, um, we're like half an hour in already. Right. Okay. So the only other thing I was going to say about Twilight original twilight is there's two vampires that they're going up against there's what seven of them plus bella but they decide that the best option is to all split up and go in different places whereas if they just stayed where they were they could then quite easily kill these two vampires and it'd be over um but instead they all decide to split up and there's there's like the dramatic finale and it's like oh no bella's been bitten by a vampire she's gonna die you've got to suck the poison out of her and and he does and in the background there's this really horrible scene of where they're like ripping this vampire to pieces and throwing him on a bonfire you just kind of see out of yeah you just see it like out of focus whilst you're you're supposed to be focused on robert pattinson sucking on uh uh, on uh, bella's arm um but yeah, and that that's quite grim. And like, there's there's lots of like grim moments across Twilight. Yeah, that they kind of gloss over. Yeah, it's <laughs> in favour like, of the oh, love that's story. happening now. Okay. Oh, that person's headless now. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so shall we shall we move on to two Twilight, two Furious, maybe? <laughs> two two Twilight, two Moon. <laughs> yeah. Twilight, the only other thing Boogie I Boogie. had to say about the first one was that I was so bored by it that when um. When it got to the the bit where Charlie and his, Taylor Lautner's dad, who is the the Native American guy who often plays a Native American character in these kind of things, who is a very good actor, um, they're coming in. They were like going to watch the Mariners game, and I was like, "Oh, please just show a little bit of the Mariners game." <laughs> please, please. <laughs> That'd be great. Like, like I would, I would totally watch. I'd watch a spin-off movie about Taylor Lautner's dad, Bella's dad. Um or Bella's mum and stepdad and just their fun oh. little lives. And they're coaching coaching a vampire baseball team, like vampire little yeah. league. Yeah. Alternatively, Ch- Charlie like is a... the little league coach for the vampire for the vampires. Alternatively, I'd love to see like a traditional like teen comedy set in Forks High School. Yeah. Where where like the Cullens just randomly appear and fuck off every now and again. And and yeah. Bella's sort of like is this minor character who's just grumpy. 10, like, ten things great. I hate about forks. <laughs> <laughs> well, they um they made one of those awful parody films of this, which is called Vampires Suck. They and did. I have not seen it, but um, I've not Claire's seen it. sister told told me that it's the only film that she's ever walked out of the cinema <laughs> during. Wow! Okay. So that I think tells you everything you need to know about it. Yeah, probably not worthwhile. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, New Moon. Uh, it starts with Edward basically saying that he wants to kill himself, and it's like, wow, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, th- that's great. And he's talking about how vampirism is a curse. Um, but again, like being a vampire in Twilight, it doesn't seem like that much of a curse. Yeah, he's like, making... oh, it's so hard to be a vampire. No, it isn't. You've got <laughs> infinite <awesome>. money. <laughs> we're we're going to keep laboring this point about that. It's it's awesome to be a vampire, and they're a bunch of ungrateful bastards. Yeah, yeah. It, like the these people, like they need to check their privilege, check their vampire privilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Because because being a vampire is great. Like I would be a vampire in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even necessarily be a vampire that just eats deer. Like yeah. there's legit enough people that I'd want to vampire up. 
to to not have to worry about oh i better only eat animals there's enough yeah. people that deserve for me to eat them you could you could eat all the bad people i could eat all the bad people i'd be like a superhero yeah well not a superhero but not a, vi- a, a vigilante super villain yeah i'd be like punisher apart from i eat people yeah. cannibal punisher um <laughs> that's definitely a black metal band <laughs> cannibal punisher if not we're starting it um so yeah so apart from becoming a boring dick being a vampire in twilight seems like a total positive um and and i'd say that this movie is possibly the most boring of the five i think it is actually um, notorious for being boring isn't it like, like yeah. even like even the fans i think didn't like it as much as the others like the the twihards yeah, the Twihards. That's the um, official the official terminology. Is that the is that, that the official official name for them? That's impressive. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, but there are a few high points in here. Like I laughed every time that the ghost of Edward Cullen appeared out of nowhere to warn Bella not to oh, do yeah. something stupid. <laughs> Where like she's like, I'm gonna go talk to that biker gang, and then Edward Cullen's like ghost comes up and is like, Don't do that, Bella. That's a bad idea. Or I'm going to jump off this cliff. No, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, because oh, he has to leave town so that he can protect her from him. But it's like, and that is the whole thing is spurred on by her going to their house and getting a paper cut, which brings on all the bloodlust. So it's like they can deal with in the first film with her bringing down a gang of incredibly dangerous vampires who want to kill them. But getting a paper cut in their own home, they like can't deal with that. We've got to go. We've got to get out of here yeah um yeah they're all like oh we can't we can't trust ourselves to be around it and i think like there's some other reason why the rest of the family's all moving on it's something like aren't isn't he looking a bit old older than he should like he's he's older than he looks or something like that and so they need to think about moving on but then yeah his edward's reason for not bringing bella with them is like oh we might we might want to eat you bella i'm gonna use that as his voice from here on out by the way Uh, Uh, um edward cullen (laughs) (laughs) have you heard about this new rock and roll music (laughs) why don't you come up and bite me sometime (laughs) and so and so they all go away the cullens will go away um and so bella basically is really sad and she continues being an asshole so like all of her friends around in her room yeah she she abandons all of her non-vampire friends and then even though they're quite nice yeah, they're all really nice people. Like they're they're just not sparkly vampires, and that's like the only negative. Um, and so she decides that she's going to go see them again. She's like, "Well, I better go see someone to get my dad off my back." Um, and and she basically just continues to treat them like shit. And it's amazing. Like I don't think a real friendship group would necessarily stick by someone who disappears off the face of the earth for a few months, then comes no. back and starts being rude to them all, and then disappears again. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, so, so I made an, a note. Um, Jacob doesn't seem like a dick, so he's the best person in the entire film series so far. Then immediately followed by, "Oh God, Jacob's turned into a dick." Um, <laughs> and and this is all to do with like the the one of the best scenes in the in the series, which is where they go to the cinema to see a movie called Face Punch. Yeah. <laughs> when I was watching it, I knew you'd enjoy that. I, I loved it. Like like both of the films that they suggest watching, one of them is a rom-com called Love Spelled Backwards is Love. And then Bella's like, <laughs> oh, nothing no romantic. Sense. 
What about we go and see Face Punch? And it seems like all of the dialogue was completely ad-libbed. I don't know whether that scene's in the books or whether maybe they just left the cameras running and was like, do something to get you guys to the cinema. Yeah, come on. You guys come up with the name. I can't be bothered anymore. I'm taking lunch. (laughs) So, like, Face Punch, it sounds like one of the fake movies from Scott Pilgrim. Um, Yeah. And... And which I absolutely loved, and like they're in the cinema together. So, um, so starring Jacob's Lucas there, Lee, starring Lucas Lee, um, Jacob's there, and the other guy who I can't remember the name of, and Bella, and like you can hear some little, a little bit of dialogue and a little bit of action over this, over like the speakers in the cinema, and it seems like it's like one hundred times more entertaining than Twilight. Yeah, you'd much rather have been um, watching Face Punch. Wait, is this yeah. the guy who's like? Bella meets on the first day and he obviously really likes her and continues to really fancy her and he wears the baseball jacket and he's clearly like the real heartthrob of the high school but he doesn't even know it because he's humble yeah exactly that guy yeah. I like that it's like, guy it's you Paddy yeah <laughs> likes baseball humble handsome yeah um, he's got it all yeah he's great um, and yeah so he doesn't like the movie he he throws up and then um, and then Jacob and Bella are sitting outside having a bit of a chat and he tries to sort of like get a bit he of romance. He tries to hold her hand. Yeah, and that's and a no She's like, go. whoa, I'm not ready whoa, for that, buddy. Steady on. I cannot hold your hand. It literally repulses me. And then he yeah. has a bit of a strop and he's like about to go and beat up Paddy. That's that's a character's name now. <laughs> His name is Paddy. <laughs> Don't um, beat me up. So, so you know, and no one wants to beat up Paddy. That's completely uncool for him. He realizes that something's wrong, so he runs away. Um, and so that after that point, we spend a lot of time again with Bella feeling mopey and then we get to meet all of the wolf people um and these guys are kind of like there's a lot of masculinity going on here and there's a lot of like male horseplay yeah. which obviously consists of about 90 percent wrestling like when a lot of in- unnecessary shots of like buff dudes with their shirts off like yeah. wolfing about yeah and like and unnecessary like, wolf fighting and unnecessary wolf fighting obviously um so uh so she so Bella gets introduced to lots of these friendly wolf people and is then an asshole to them as well and is rude to them. And it's yeah. like, cheers, Bella, you're great. Um I did wonder. And then somehow about- the wolves always have to end up fighting for her for no reason, or they're like, She's in danger. Yeah, we'll come and fight for her, even though she's been rude to us and brought nothing but danger and fear to our community when yeah. all we want to do is just like howl and run around in the forest. Yeah, they like- the, the the wolf people, they just want to run about in the forest being wolves um kill vampires and chill out and that's pretty much all they want to do but she a friend of the vampires <laughs> is somehow something that they all need to protect and you know that's quite noble that the wolf people are willing to do this um but yeah i i did wonder about the wolf guys because like they when they transform they rip off all their clothes because they turn into giant wolves but then like the next time you see them they're always wearing a pair of cargo shorts yeah. So, do you reckon they just have like stashes of cargo shorts like <laughs> hidden in the forest every so often? Yeah, that bit was never clear. And there's there's a weird bit in one of the other films. I think it's a, is it it's one of the Breaking Dawn ones where he reveals that he's a wolf to Charlie, and there's a it takes about a minute for him to take his shirt off to reveal that he's a wolf. But then you don't see him taking off his pants. So obviously, like somehow, yeah, you see him like putting the, the, the pants just down. fold into the wolf, the wolf fur or something. Well, no, they they definitely rip because you see them rip when they transform at other times. Uh, okay. I was paying attention. You see, I was I was fully <laughs> enthralled with the wolf guys. You were paying attention um, to the wolf pants. I was I was I was like, oh, I wonder if we're going to see some Taylor Lautner bum, but we didn't, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> he was um, underage then. He he was underage. 
Um, so I feel bad, but at the same time, he's a handsome chap. He's um, he a handsome guy. I'm definitely Team Jacob. So Hashtag yeah, Jacob. same here. Hashtag Team Jacob from Big Boys Don't Cry. Yeah, we we cry for our love of Jacob. Um, <laughs> big boys do howl. <laughs> big boys do wolf. howl. Um, so so then we we cut back to where the vampires are, and it turns out that they've gone off to Brazil. Isn't it Brazil that they go to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, why the fuck would vampires who sparkle in the sunlight live in Brazil? It's a pretty pretty sunny place. Like like they they should go to like Sunderland. <laughs> vampires in Sunderland. Yeah, exactly. That's a movie I want to see. I want to see the Cullens like go off to Sunderland. Yep. But no, what, le- leaving Charlie to coach the vampire baseball little league team. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, they can they can uh, do a Sunday uh, Sunday league football team instead. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So so apparently they're all in Brazil, and then like uh, we get to meet um, old Martin Michael Sheen Michael, as well, who yeah, plays not Martin Sheen, not Martin not, Sheen, not Potus. <laughs> it would have been great if Martin Sheen was in this movie as well. But we get that would to see have been, Martin Sheen. Sheen as a head vampire would have been amazing. That would have been great. Um, that would we, have made me go and see this film in the cinema. Him as a vampire would be incredible. But yeah, so yeah. Michael Sheen is is like king vampire. He's like the vampire pope. He's a very good actor. And I was just like, did he need this? Or like, why, why was he doing this? Or whatever. Well, because think... you think of him as being like a serious guy. But then you you, realize, you remember that he was in the Underworld films and he's done actually done a lot of this kind of stuff before. But it wasn't all the stuff that I remembered him for. Like, I remembered him for playing Tony Blair in The Queen and in um, The Damned United and films like that. Yeah, he's done a lot of varied career and i'm not sure whether it's just like for money or if he just likes having fun his character in this movie was clearly a load of fun to play yeah um you, so you I do get the impression that he's having a laugh while he's doing yeah. it so i think yeah fair play to him um so like that's that's fair enough and then um i can't remember is this the one where edward's going to go and kill himself yeah 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 okay this i couldn't remember it, if it was this so one you've had about an hour one. and 40 minutes of just kind of Edward's gone. I'm sad. Now I'm hanging with the Wolf Boys. Uh, am I going to fall in love with Jacob? No, 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 no. And then suddenly, all of the kind of action is rushed into the last twenty minutes of like Edward. Oh, he's going to go and ki- he's going to go and reveal himself in front of the Volturi so that he so that they kill him. Um, yeah, he's going to fuck shit up for the vampires, basically. Yeah, the Volturi so- being the like vampire royalty, who's like how they have so much power and influence is never explained it's just like they're these scary royal people over in italy michael sheen's the the angry pope that's all you need to know yeah i mean every every vampire story now has to have like a vampire hierarchy that's like the law um and and that's these people here and they all live in brazil again great idea guys no they're in um, they're in italy the volturi oh are they but then they meet them in brazil don't they they, I think they they meet them in Brazil, but, they're, but they're they're, the HQ in... is in Italy. So oh, the, the okay. ending bit when he's going to go and reveal himself that's in that's in Italy. So they fly they've, off. They've to... got like a pope. They fly off to pope Italy. House. Yeah, I guess on a red eye flight. Yeah, because I say that was an unintended pun. I was legit thinking of the ramifications of getting off a flight and then sparkling everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so Case Stew and Edward Cullen's sister, um, they they go after him, obviously. 
Um, and she couldn't, she can't just like telepathically communicate with him and tell him that she's alive or whatever. Like that would, that would of course be far too easy, even though they can do that like most of the time. Uh, so they have to get in a, like a, a Fiat and drive around. There's a couple of minutes where it seems like it's just the Italian job with vampires. Yeah. The vampirian job. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and then like they get stopped and they can't drive any further. And so uh, Bella has to run in slow motion to him. And it felt like that scene went on forever where she's running in slow motion and then she runs into him and then there's more slow motion and just like, oh my God, just stop with the slow motion. Just show it in real time. Yeah. Um, and and then they kind of like, they, they, they get taken over to the Volteri again and then they're like, oh no, I don't want to kill myself anymore. Sorry about potentially revealing the secret of vampirism to thousands of people. Um, and then they're like, okay, but we'll keep an eye on you. And yeah. then that's where the movie ends. We're watching you. Yeah, you fucking bellend. Yeah, and it, it's like, it's so hard to believe that she's the only human who, they're already concerned about her knowing about the vampires, and she's the only human who knows anything about all the vampires that are, like, everywhere. They're, like, they're in the high school, they're eating people, they're, like, all over the place, and they, like, reveal their secrets to her really easily, and it's really hard to believe that, like none of the other vampires have human friends or have fallen in love with other humans or whatever. It's all like, she's the special one. Yeah, and like, even even in the movie, they have a they have a, a non-vampire receptionist, don't they? Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so why is it so special to keep it secret from everybody? And why is Bella so special? But I yeah. think that's the whole point of the movies, isn't it? Is that Bella is a completely inconsequential person, really. But in fact, secretly underneath, she's the most important person in the world. And everyone wants to bang her. Both yeah. vampires and vampires, wolves, wolves humans. and humans. Yeah. Um, Ev- everyone wants Bella. Everybody does. And she's really important. Yeah. Um, Not that she cares. No. And, and she's all like, I don't care. I don't know what to do. Oh, my life is so hard. Yeah. Um, so, so that's New Moon. <laughs> that's New Moon. Li- very little happens. People take their shirts off. There's some wolves. The end. There's no There's no baseball. There's no baseball. And for that reason, <laughs> naught out of 20. Um, so, so Eclipse. Um, Eclipse was directed by the guy who did 30 Days of Night, which is an incredibly right. violent, quite intense vampire movie. And like... It's weird that they got him to do this because this is another quite boring movie. I mean, this one probably has like the most action in it at the end, I suppose. It does have a bit of a different atmosphere to it. It does feel yeah. kind of slightly less lumpen and laboured than most of them. It's still lumpen and laboured, which is the problem of the whole saga, which I think probably does come from the source material. But yeah, this one felt a bit more upbeat and a, it had a slightly better pace and it did have more action. And it starts with, um, well, as always, they always start with a shitty voiceover of her mum something about love or romance or pain or whatever and then it gets it gets into like vampires are terrorizing seattle and i'm like okay yes here we go this is the good shit yeah and 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 that's quite interesting when you see all of the vampires fucking up seattle like i'm like yeah okay i can get on board with that you're totally right about the voiceover by the way one of the things that i wrote down for one of the uh final movies was this is the most pointless voiceover in the history of films it adds it adds literally nothing yeah. to it even from the first film 
like there's there's nothing that gets added to this series by having a voiceover whatsoever there is nothing she tells via her inner monologue which is interesting that you can't glean from the rest of the movies yeah um and so so yeah so this movie is a bit different from the others there's a bit more of like a nasty streak to it there's lots of people getting eaten in seattle and getting turned into vampires in seattle there's Um, more genuine vampire action and there, but it also includes some of the stupidest logic um, that then doesn't get followed up. So apparently, newborn vampires are the most powerful kind of vampires, which is why this guy is creating a whole army of newborn vampires to go and fuck shit up. Yeah. Um, but like, then you see them getting beaten really easily by wolfmen and by old vampires, and it's like, well, that's not true, then, is it? There's yeah. clearly nothing positive that newborn vampires can do that other vampires can't. Yeah, um, they they also like have sort of randomly have superpowers here and there, you know, just as and when it suits. Yeah, yeah. But every so often they'll pop up with like a new superpower. It's like kids playing at being superheroes or being um, being like magicians where they'll suddenly decide oh no but i've got this super shield and that's going to stop you from being able to do this something like that um it's just yeah it's it's awful so so this movie is it's kind of two parts so there's the part which is vampires are in seattle they're making an army of vampires they're going to come kill everybody that's not good but then there's also the bella wants to get turned into a vampire um and also, let's get married and let's have sex, Edward Cullen. Yeah, she's about to and, graduate from school. Yeah. And, like, it seems as though, like, it spends a good, like, 70% of the time on the Bella Edward situation. Yeah, way about, too much. About and 10%. And it's, like, this is, again, where it starts coming out that he's, like, he, like, starts saying, oh, I'm from a different time. I, I, I'm from a different time. A time I'm when you had to get time. married before you could have sex and like that and that kind of thing starts creeping in and the the kind of inherent conservatism of it of the messages starts to get really clear here which is that you should get married before sex and it's very patriarchal and it's very kind of like she kind of she resists the idea at first but he imposes it and it's like that's okay yeah it's weird isn't it like, he's the I one mean, that like insists on getting married and he's like oh it's just because i'm 100 years old but i'm fine with driving a volvo all the time <laughs> don't talk to me about black people i don't like black people <laughs> um there, yeah don't don't, don't what, get him like started one, on homosexuality yeah there's what one black vampire in the whole thing yeah yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, like maybe maybe that's it. Maybe because he's from that time period, he doesn't like you know he's a he's a racist, homophobe, sexist. That, yeah, that would be a really interesting take if you did a vampire movie where you just had a vampire of old fashioned values. Yeah, like that. That would be hilarious. But instead, yeah, like conservative values vampires are the most boring kind of vampires. Yeah, they really suck Va- the vamp- life out of the fa- how cool their their vampire lives are. I, I like it, by the way, sucking the life out. Wholeheartedly approved. Again, not inten- intended, but I realised as soon as I was saying it. Yeah. <laughs> and and like the, the idea of a vampire is inherently um, subversive and and sexual. Uh, that that's where the mm. the fear of the vampire comes from is that it's often a charming, dangerous person, but you don't know the terror that lurks underneath the seduction. And so, like 
not having that with a vampire just makes them incredibly boring. And like, yeah. Edward Cullen is well boring, bruv. He is like, incredibly boring. He he is he is terrible. He's I awful. um I wrote down one of the terrible lines that he says in this when they're talking about it. He says, It might be too late for my soul, but I can still protect yours. And it's yeah, like it's like, it's like cheers, she's mate. all p- kind of pure and virginal and that has to be protected, so he can't he can't vamp her. And it's like just yeah, let her be a vampire if like, she wants to be a vampire. Like, being a vampire is awesome. If everybody was a vampire, that would be great. But no. Yeah. Like you guys suck. Literally, Literally. and figuratively. <laughs> um so so there's also a little bit of, of wolf guys horsing around, or should that be wolfing around? <laughs> wolfing <the> around. <laughs> yeah. Um there's a little bit of that. And like the wolves look even stupider in this film than in the last one, like the big CGI wolves. They do. Um, I don't a lot know how they manage that big that. eyes and sad faces and Yeah, like... they always look really sad, like you've just told them off for pissing on the floor. <laughs> Bad wolf. Bad wolf. <laughs> um and so like you think there's going to be a really awkward sex scene between Bella and Edward and it's all building up to that and then he's all like no I can't do it it's dangerous it's like oh come on yeah I might bite you you've been you've been going out for like a year you should have porked by now guys come on get on with it um and yeah. and like I, I made the note by now she could have been having sex with a six pack werewolf but no she decided to stick with boring vampire man completely unnecessary and like uh, upon learning about all of this stuff where like oh i think they're gonna get married jacob goes off on a strop again he he likes going off in a huff does old jacob he does he sticks his snout in tries to tries to like find out what's going on he loves bella she's never gonna love him back but she teases him and wants him around to protect her and bring his wolf buddies to have an unnecessary big battle with the vampires to protect her yeah, she's pretty bad to him, and he keeps coming back. Yeah, the, it, it is a definitely a one-way relationship, and you do feel kind of bad for old Jacob at this point, anyway. Yeah, um, he, you feel that's why we're Team Jacob. Yeah, like you know, there, there's there's a nobility to Jacob, um, and accidentally, the Twilight movies really hit home with colonialism in America because you got all these white arseholes coming onto someone's land stealing their stuff and then forcing the native americans into a reservation and then demanding support from them when they need it yeah so i don't think that's necessarily what was intended by these movies but uh yeah no but it's it's a definite kind of subtext and they definitely get the rawest deal the wolves yeah. like even like the treaty that they have with the vampires and the humans like is broken loads of times more so than anything else and like all they do is kind of fight for nothing yeah and lose lots of people to the vampires yeah it's it sucks for them it's really harsh yeah. who they, are hunting on their land as well yeah and it's like it's not fair whatsoever the way that the way that they're treated um so like come on wolf guys you guys are the best yeah vampires va- vampires have it all but somehow wolf seem really unhappy and it's like guys come on you guys have it the best once yeah. again being a vampire is awesome get with it um but yeah. yeah so like so like jacob goes off on a strop and it sounds like he's gonna go and like do some kind of noble sacrifice and kill himself in the name of protecting bella because he's got nothing left to live for and once again like this is the third time in three movies that unrequited love means that people are gonna get killed and it's like no yeah. if you're if you're in love with someone and they don't love you back uh it's not that important it really sucks yeah but go and find a sexy wolf lady 
There are, no wi- there are no women in the wolf community, though, are there? Not there at this point, no. There seem to be lots, no. of, lots of female vampires, and you never see any lady wolves. No, you see a couple later on, but at this point, it's pure man. Yeah. Um, pure man. <laughs> pure man. Much much like all of the wolf guys who are pure men. Got all it, yeah, that's true, actually. They are fine fine manly specimens. They're, they're all great. They all look good with their shirts off. And they, they well. live in, like, a wolf bro house as well. <laughs> oh, no, that's do. right. One of them has, like, a, a wolf wife doesn't he oh yeah um but yeah, the yeah the rest of them all live in this bro house it's like a frat party yeah all the time and you go in there and they're all like bantering and punching each other and stuff exactly like they're all wrestling all the time which is what guys do when left <laughs> that's alone. what men do yeah that's what, like if we were ever to record this podcast in the same room we'd never be able to do it because we'd just be wrestling all the time yeah exactly that's that's how it works wrestling and eating pizza that's all guys do yeah wrestling um, eating pizza and howling at the moon <laughs> three things on my to-do list i mean i will be howling at the moon tonight as you know it was my sunday routine yeah um but yeah and and so it all builds up to this big old battle and it's like there's going to be this intense battle between all of these newborn army and then the wolves and the good vampires are going to stick together and they're going to fight them off and it's all going to be to protect bella um the battle's like 30 people in a field it feels really anticlimactic yeah um and like they're just ending up just massacring these newborn vampire people um and then that's kind of it and then they kill victoria from the first movie she she's she's turns out to be the person behind it all and she's all like yes i'm gonna get you this time bella uh she doesn't she she ends up getting killed and played by bryce dallas howard but it wasn't her in the other two yeah it was somebody else in the other two wasn't it but then she came in to do it in this one it's like you're better than this film (laughs) What yeah. are you doing in this movie? Um, but yeah, and then she ends up getting getting her head ripped off. It sucks, yeah. but you know. Oh, and there's a bit where she she there just the night before the battle, like she's in a tent with with Arpats and Tilor, and they're like the guys are sort of like weirdly bonding. Um, but then she goes outside and she kisses Jacob, and um, like it's a really like passionate kiss, and you're like, okay, now she's really just fucking with him. Um, but it's like she had to do it because otherwise he was going to go away and he's like okay I'm going to stay around now even though you're obviously like engaged to the vampire and then Arpats is like he knows because he saw um, the wolf's thoughts but he's like I, it doesn't matter because I know that you love me more even though he can't read her thoughts and you're like oh so that makes it okay for her to just go around having a big kiss with the wolf boy yeah all that matters is that um, they've got the wolf guy on board yeah. you know all that matters is that and then they're loved together and everyone else can fuck off but like with um, sex it's incredibly conservative you have to wait until you're married but you could you can kiss as many wolves as you want as long as you get political gain out of it go and snog as many wolves as possible yeah. um that that's a rule that i live by i often go out into the <laughs> woods trying to kiss big dogs um, yep. to try and to try and get you know get my overall clout up in the local community um, wolf clout wolf clout <laughs> gotta get your wolf clout score up Is, isn't that a new competitor for twitter wolfclout.com wolfclout.com <laughs> yeah we should we should build it from the ground up and i think we not, should not tolerate abuse and nazis and no ang- angry presidents and that kind of thing we could also totally get finn wolfhard on board Exactly, yeah. Speaking of which, Finn Wolfhard this week, we have Finn Wolfhard news, which is that he has left his talent agency after his agent was accused of sexual harassment. Yeah, So it's good like move, a buddy. 14-year-old kid is the, the moral compass of America right now. He is indeed. I'm loving it. 
Well done, um, well done, Finn Wolfhard. We, we we'll, get, we'll get you on love. the board on the board of directors for wolfclout.com. Yes, wolfclout.com needs you, Finn. Come on board. Um, and so, yeah, so the movie ends with a big battle, well, a small battle, a light scuffle, a bunch of poor people who didn't realise they were getting turned into vampires get killed, um, and then they're left with one survivor, this little girl, who uh, <laughs> then gets mercilessly killed by the Voltari who turn up at the end and just kill her and yeah. say oh now don't go doing anything nasty you hear and then they go away again and then that's the end so at the end nothing has changed apart from they're going to get married so that they can then have sex and she can get turned into a vampire um and that's where we're left at the end of whichever one this is the third one eclipse eclipse yep. eclipse it did not eclipse the others in its goodness Apart from that it had a bit more action, but then it very it really, really worked hard to contrive a big stupid battle at the end. Yeah, and, and then didn't fulfil a big battle. Yeah. Which I think is the thing that annoyed me the most about it, is that there was no giant battle. It was it was literally just thirty people having a having a fight, which is really disappointing. Um yeah. and yeah, so so there was little bits of this movie that seemed like potentially interesting but overall it just fell apart again because it primarily focused on the two most boring characters um, yeah and like and like there are interesting characters in this world like even within the cullen family like everybody is constantly ripping on alice one yeah. of the one of the cullen siblings but she seems like genuinely nice and friendly to everybody but everyone's and like she's oh, the one who often runs around after bella helping her and finding things for her and that kind of thing she's the one who drives the fiat down to the the volturi pope house so she's yeah. good she she's a good one but everyone seems to be like oh don't let her get carried away it's like you know got carried away like by saving all your asses time and time again yeah um even if it was from um jacob's perspective it would still be a much more interesting film yeah yeah if it was um, like a wolf brother story yeah i'd be totally on board with that uh, like super bad but with wolves <laughs> yeah i would watch that if michael Sarah was in it definitely instead of american pie it's american wolf <laughs> yeah um and so we move on to uh breaking dawn part breaking one. dawn part one well, apparently um, the only logic for splitting it in two was that the book is very long, which I don't buy at all because Breaking Dawn Part 1 is essentially two hours about her having a baby. Yeah, it's I got married and I've had a baby. Um, <laughs> so literally like this could have all been like a little pre-credit sequence for an overall Breaking Dawn movie. Yeah. Could have been, we got married, then I got pregnant with a vampire baby and I made it through but they turned me into a vampire so they um, definitely so- very cynically divided the book into two to get more cash which i feel like the harry potter films did that but i felt like they still managed to make two good films that made sense on their own narratively whereas these I... ones just don't and the same I with disagree the hunger games entirely well. with the hunger games and harry potter yeah i think n- none of them needed to you could just cut the fat and make one very good movie instead yeah. so like harry potter part one adds very little value to harry potter part two no um, but it does end with voldemort creeping into dumbledore's grave and taking the one from him and you're like is voldemort about to kiss dumbledore <laughs> <laughs> to be fair wouldn't you kiss dumbledore even dead dumbledore yeah, yeah obviously 
but no, I I didn't mind it with the Harry Potter, but I think that's because I'm I'm a huge fan. That's the thing. I was I was will, I'm willing to excuse. Whereas yeah, the Hunger Games one's absolutely awful. Um, first two are good. I've said this many times. First two are really good. The last two are shite. And with this one, yeah, it just the first film is just so it's the the most laboured and lumpen of all of them. I think. Yeah, this is this this makes that uh, that. Is it called Catching Fire Part One and Part Two? Is that uh, what Mocking it was? Jay? Oh, Mocking Jay. It's Catching Fire, the middle one. Yeah, yeah, uh, Which yeah. Is it makes okay. That's fine, but yeah, Mocking Jay Part One. It makes Mocking Jay Part One look like a smooth sailing standalone film. Smooth uh, operator. It is. It is terrible. Breaking Dawn Part One. Um, it starts with the wedding. Uh, it's supposed to be the happiest day of Bella's life. She's getting married to the love of her life and the love of her death. Ooh, like my little joke. Um, and uh, and she continues to have the pained, unhappy expression that she's had for the other movies of this movie. Yeah, a sort of happy. vaguely unimpressed scowl. It's your wedding day. Look happy. Um, it's clearly sunny at the wedding, um, but none of the vampires are glittering. No. Um, there's supposed to be like it's really funny because they've got a very traditional wedding they've got bella side vampire side but none of the vampires seem to be all that sort of like concerned about being around that much meat and you're like are you supposed to believe that nobody knows that they're vampires at this point and like bella's so tied up in it there's obviously like people will have been observing all of this shit going on and you're just supposed to be like, oh no, they're just the normal people at a wedding. They just happen to all be pale and have red eyes and look fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Like it's pretty obvious that there's something weird going on here. Um, and and like, either Bella has completely abandoned everybody outside of her life apart from the Cullens, or someone will have noticed that these guys are, are shifty. And they probably yeah. would have noticed, hey, these guys are probably vampires. There's something definitely vampiric about the way that they're acting. Least of all, um, the chief of police, who has spent a lot of time in their vicinity and a lot of time dealing with the fallout from the crimes that they've inadvertently committed. And yeah. he's supposed to still have no idea that they're vampires. Yeah, he, he still has no idea. However, speaking of Charlie, hashtag Team Charlie. Team um, Charlie, yeah. He he's did the real star of the show. He did something special in Breaking Dawn Part 1. He actually made me laugh when the movie wanted me to laugh. What? Yeah, I know, right? Was it, it during his emotional dad speech? His emotional dad speech. Which is our, um, a thing that we love to talk about, the emotional dad speech. So it's my favourite trope in a romantic film. Yeah. But so this it, one contained no sports metaphors whatsoever. It did not. It was at the wedding. He's giving his father of the bride speech and he's saying about how... Um, he he knows that they're going to have a very happy marriage and that Edward's going to treat Bella right because he's a cop and he knows how to hunt people to the ends of the earth and he knows yeah. how to use a gun. He literally <laughs> says, I'm a cop, I know things. And then it cuts to a different speech and then it cuts back and he sa- he's he's going, I know how to use a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and like I, it actually made me laugh and it was supposed to make me laugh and I was like, oh my God something in a twilight movie has worked in the way that the director intended they did and a lull it, it actually made me lull a little bit i didn't give the full out full barking laugh but i had a little chuckle and i was like well done you didn't well howl. Done, charlie i did not howl no um and so and so the wedding goes off um jacob turns up after initially not being there 
And then um, he learns that these two people who've just got married are going to have sex. And, uh, and he goes off on a huff it. again. He is furious that they're considering having sex, having just got married, having been unable to have sex up to this point. Yeah. Um, it, he is shocked like, and appalled. He takes a very, very strange interest in his friends having sex. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, and then he goes off on a huff and then... Bella looks a bit sad for a moment and is just like, oh, it's my wedding. I'm going to go gonna go have sex with my vampire husband. And yeah. so they do. And there's a really long, slow sex scene. Yeah. Um, well, after you've had loads of them getting, getting on the plane to Brazil, going, oh, through, yeah. going through Rio, going on the boat to the island, her getting ready to have sex, them finally having sex. It's like oh, yeah. the build-up to like, it goes on fucking ages. You even have like the shaving her legs and and yeah. brushing her teeth and stuff like that to like jokey um, jaunty music but then yeah. as soon as they actually start having sex it's all like big emotional ballad music yeah it's all it's all like the music out of the room i would stand <laughs> in the way of a bullet <laughs> genuinely like it, if that kind of music came on while it was ha- while that scene was going on you would not be surprised like no that is what tommy Wiseau was going for genuinely it's the maybe, same <laughs> the same thing maybe edward is vampire <laughs> Maybe Edward is a vampire. Well, we know he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> we do know he's a vampire. Um, yeah. And so, and so they have sex, and then as they're having sex, he like really fucks up the room, and yeah. like breaks loads of stuff in the room. He breaks and then, the bed because like, he's then, a vampire and he's livid. And, and then he's like, he's a bit like, oh no, I might have hurt you. And then he just kind of shrugs it off. Um, but then I, and then the next scene, the the housekeepers turn up and they have to tidy up this room that he is like wrecked by having vampire sex with her and like i realized it's really rude of him not to even bother trying to clean that up a bit given that he has super speed and super strength he could have spent about five seconds on that making it like acceptable for a human to then have to clean up what a dick instead he's like oh let's have a game of chess let's go and like fart around on the beach blah 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 yeah and they're just like haha they think that i'm gonna eat you and i'm a demon (laughs) Stupid Real poor funny. people. Um, so basically, what I'm saying is that Edward Cullen um, is probably a Trump voter. Yeah, um, I think that's what we can take away from this. He definitely um, wants to make America great again. Make make America vampiric again. <laughs> um, and so, unfortunately, this vampire sex they didn't have protection, possibly because his version of vampire conservatism doesn't allow him to use any kind of safe sex. Yeah. Um that's the only thing that I can think of. Um and so she becomes pregnant with a potential vampire baby. And he also um, does kind of hurt her a bit during the sex and she shrugs it off and she's like, "Oh, it's fine. I expected it. I it's what I knew was going to happen," which strikes me as a little bit kind of romanticizing abuse. And then there is a definite through line through from that to 50 shades of gray, which is incredibly problematic and terrible. Yeah, because cause Fifty Shows of Grey started off as Twilight fan fiction, didn't it? Yeah. Initially, before it then became its own thing. And you can kind of see where that came from at this point, because they do have this very, not deliberately violent sex, but there's a definite violent side to it in terms of the aggression that gets taken out on the, the mise-en-scene, effectively. Yeah. Um, and it's all a bit it's all a bit weird. Um I might point out that this is about 52 minutes into this movie. That would yeah. be over half the runtime of a standard film. Um, and nothing has happened apart from two people got married and had sex. They've gotten married. Taylor Lautner's angry about the fact that they're going to have sex, and then they have sex. 
that that's it up to this point so so she is now pregnant with a vampire baby and it all goes a bit alien so like they go back to forks and um they're talking about like the em- not being able to see the embryo and it's just in this weird sack that can't be penetrated and stuff like that and it's like oh are they yeah. gonna have some kind of creepy like alien baby and it's all um, apparently unprecedented. Apparently, this is the first time anyone has ever had like a half human, half vampire baby in the history of anything. Yeah, that's never happened before. This is completely unheard of uh, for this society that's been around for thousands of years. Um, it then basically becomes a heavy handed uh, metaphor for the abortion debate for the yep. rest of this film. Um, however,. There are some funny moments found amongst this terrible, terrible, boring movie. Um, I enjoyed the fact that after Jacob learns that she's pregnant with Vampire Baby, he goes back to all of his wolf buddies and they have a little discussion about it. But they're all in wolf form and they have this psychic discussion. So you're hearing all this snarling and then also hearing their voiceover. Um, So, Paddy, would you mind doing some, like, snarling for me? we're going to have to kill the wolf. Uh, We're going to have to kill the baby. We're going to have to end it now for the safety of the world. That's what it's like. It's like that. You've got this, you've got this, you've got this howling, snarling, growling, and then like, we've got to kill the child. Child, child. Yeah. And I think what I did there was kind of more like a pig. I I liked it though. Where pig? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wolf pig. The wolf pig. Um, We're also introduced to Seth at this point, who is a young lad who's recently turned into one of the wolf people. And I, I, I just wrote down, uh, Seth is this film's Denny. He, he, he just <laughs> yeah. follows Jacob around and is like, what you doing? He's a young, trusting wolf boy who may or may not be in debt for selling drugs. Yeah, he's selling selling catnip to the werecats, something like that. Yeah. Um, he's in trouble, whatever he's done. And, and, and they're coming up with baby names um, and, and they choose a stupid baby name. Yeah, but she's like a portmanteau baby name, and it sounds really C- dumb. Combining names because yeah, you couldn't I... just have a name that already exists. That'd be way too important for your special little angel. Yeah, but instead, no, it, I've forgotten what it's called. Renesme. Renesme. Yeah, uh, great choice, guys. She's gonna love that when she yeah. goes to high school. Really, really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, she the the pregnancy is accelerating. It's been like I don't know, maybe a week. Is that how long this movie takes place in? Something like Something that. Something like that, yeah. Like, and, and she's pregnant and she's going to be giving birth to the baby. But then the wolves turn up and they're like, we've got to stop this child from being born because it's going to, I don't know. It poses a threat to the wolf community. Even Somehow. though at this point they've been, they've been fighting loads to stop things that didn't really pose any threat to them at all. Now they're like, oh yeah, let's kill the baby. Yeah. Now, I mean, secretly I think that the wolves just wanted to eat something. And they're yeah. like, yeah, baby, <laughs> they're hungry. let's eat a baby. Um, and so they have... But yeah, a, they there's have... always some reason. Like like in all of the films, everything seems to be going fine. There's the love part, the love story with Bella and Edward, and that's all kind of laboured and pseudo-romantic and, and whatever. And then there's always some contrived reason for either the wolves or the bad vampires or both to come after Bella. And now, of course, it's the child. Like they they want her child for whatever whatever stupid reason because it's going to so, taste well good. That's yeah. why they want to eat it. Tasty um, baby, tasty baby. Um, and so so they have this kind of battle. Some of the wolves stand by the vampires. Some of them are trying to eat the baby. Um, but Jacob saves the day, kind of, because he becomes pedo wolf, and yeah. that's what I'm going to refer to him <laughs> as for the re- remainder of this episode. Yeah. Um, he uh 
he does this thing where it's kind of like a soulmate link. They call where, it imprinting. Yeah, and apparently they, it, they have it, no control over it. Yeah. So, so the subtext is basically that pedos can't control themselves. Yeah, like if which you really is love weird someone, when you can you weigh that up against the conservatism of the rest of it, where it's like romanticizing abuse, no sex before marriage, no abortion, but pedos are okay. Remember that conservatives only care about those things when it's someone on the left doing it. If yeah. it's someone who's right wing, they don't care. That's fine. Um, yeah. Like all of the creeps who've come out of the woodwork over the recent Harvey Weinstein news, um, who gave zero shits when it was anybody else, as if to be like, oh, look, all of the people on the left wing are perverts. It's like, no, there's lots of perverts everywhere. That's the problem. Um, including within the wolf community. There there yeah. are there are pedophile wolves called pedo wolves that you need to watch out for. Yeah. Um so so he can't control his imprint um which raises lots of really weird questions overall like what if it's like an 80 year old woman and a newborn baby like yeah. that that's that's going to be weird if you can't control it. Um, and, but it's you... also implied that he's imprinted on Bella in one of the earlier films when they're talking about imprinting. Because he tells her what it is, and then she's like, "Oh, have you imprinted on anyone?" And he's like, "Maybe." And yeah. Kind of does. He the, says like, yeah. "Oh, you'd know if I had." And then yeah, it's a very cryptic right. answer. Um, and it's so sort I of get, implied. But yeah. So it, I guess that he didn't not. actually do it then. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So they end up. He ends up doing this imprinting on the child. He can't control it, but it also saves the day because once a wolf is imprinted on somebody that then means that they can't be harmed, that they're like a kind of part of the wolf clan or something like that. They don't really explain it. Um, and then uh, and then the wolves are like, well, we're going to go back to our wolf hut now. Yep. And so they can't do. Eat, can't eat the baby now because it's now sacred. So yeah. let's um, go and eat something else. Yeah. And so they're left with potentially dead Bella, who's been filled with Edward's venom. And, yeah. uh, and then he starts biting her. And then and then he starts biting her, and and she's like, she she's now going to get turned back into a, she's going to come back to life, but come back to life as a vampire. Um, finally, finally, four movies in, she's going to be a vampire, and then yeah. uh, it ends with her opening her eyes to reveal that she's got red eyes now, and she's a vampire. Yay! Finally, Yay. you got your wish. Um, the thing I noticed about it at the end is also that her her baby bump disappeared really quickly. That's yeah, not how she, it works. She exercised hard to lose that baby weight while lying down unconscious. Yeah. Um it yeah, it it works it it works a charm. Maybe it's something about vampire babies is as they come out they they like eat all of the excess skin <laughs> to give them a little bit of you know, that's the kind of disgusting thing that's behind the scenes in these Twilight movies that they never really talk about. It's like yeah. this would be a really if David Cronenberg directed Breaking Dawn Part 1. I'd go and see that movie. That would be awesome. Yeah, you'd get to um, see like the the baby vampire coming out of the womb and eating the inside of the womb as it came out. Yeah, exactly. That would be, be great. cool. But no, no, unfortunately not. So yeah, so at the end of Breaking Dawn Part 1, Bella's finally a vampire. She's got a baby. It's going to fall in love with Jacob and their or something like that. It's all a bit yeah. creepy, but it all gets glossed over. Um yeah. so uh Breaking Dawn Part 2 uh it then opens up with once again vampires like talking about how it's a curse to be a vampire i wrote Guys. down that this one actually had a good title sequence which was yeah the others. yeah it did i have think a good it still had sequence. the stupid voiceover but it did i think it had a good a very good animation on the title sequence and the typography um, with like changing fonts 
Um, yeah, like they, they did quite a lot with it. Yeah, which was nice. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I must point out that this was my favourite movie of the lot. Um, I don't know whether yeah, that's I'd because that's my... Fair. I don't know whether that's because my mind had broken by this point and that I just kind of accepted all of the idiosyncrasies of the entirety of the series thus far or yeah. whether I genuinely found it entertaining in a so bad it's good kind of way. But I think it is the latter. At this um, point, you've watched over eight hours of Twilight and you've become immersed in this sort of strange, slow, grey, lumpen world that I think at this point you're waiting for there to be some kind of big payoff and there isn't one really. But at that point, you're so firmly immersed in the world that you're like, okay, I'm into this now. Even, yeah, you're just, you, it's immersion, isn't it? Yeah, let's see what crazy, crazy Michael Sheen's going to do. Yeah. That, that that was my overall sort of mentality coming into this movie. And he does look a bit like Tommy Wiseau in this film. He well. does, yeah, it's great. So so it opens up and Bella's now a vampire, but she's a newborn and she doesn't really know what to do. Um, So she gets taken out hunting uh, by Ed. And they're all like, let's go hunting. I'll teach you how to hunt a deer. Um, unfortunately there's some guy climbing up the side of a cliff face um, and Bella's all like I'm going to go eat him um, then that gets resolved very quickly by Edward going no don't do that and then she goes okay <laughs> and then she's like alright fine I'll go back to the woods um, and, and and instead so so there's no there's no payoff to that scene it, it has zero ramifications for the rest of the movie instead she goes back to the woods and rather than eat a deer she decides she's going to go kill a fucking mountain lion it's like, yeah. well done, Bella. You have just fucked the ecosystem of that forest. Oh yeah, like, like that is gonna that is gonna really fuck up that part that like that area of the forest where that mountain lion was dominant. So well done, you've just yeah. ruined that part of Washington. It, it jumps on her, and then she jumps on it, and they have a little tussle, and then she eats the mountain lion. Yes, and then and then and then that's it. So then she comes back, and um, and she's like, I'm gonna go see my baby now. Um, and this is where various fucked up things happen within a very short amount of time. So she finds out that pedo pedo wolf is pedo wolf. Yeah. Um, and she is furious. She about is it. livid. And like, even though she it's does saved- her, her best slash most hilarious acting, the whole thing with my favorite line that genuinely made me like howl for hours, or like, which is like, I had to pause the film because I was laughing so hard. Which is when he, he like start, he's talking to her about the imprint, and he's like he reveals that he's nicknamed her Nessie, and she shouts, "You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness monster!" <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down as well. That made me laugh so much. It was great, um, and and yeah, so so there's loads of horrible things that happen in a really short amount of time. So she comes back, and she's all like, "I'm going to go see my child now." Uh, she's like, "Oh wait, my best one of my best friends who was in love with me has imprinted on my kid, which kind of makes them soulmates." But she's a baby. That's not yeah. very nice. Um, oh, it doesn't matter that it saved the life of my kid at the same time. I'm going to punch him and say that he can't see the child whatsoever. And, and whilst I do this, all of my dick vampire friends are all going to have a laugh at me being mad about it. Yeah. And like, they're, they're zero. They were like, like Bella, what's your problem? All vampires are pedos. You've got to get with the program. Yeah, are vampires pedos as well? Well, I suppose, like, Edward is 100-odd years old. Bella is 17 when they meet. That's quite an age gap. It's something of an age gap. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe there's something to it. Maybe maybe everybody's a pedophile in Twilight. Yep. I think that's that's a good theory. Yeah. Let's roll with that. Um, And yeah, so, like, they, they, they don't show any sadness about bella's reaction 
they don't really show any kind of like being disturbed about the fact that this newborn has an imprint from this guy particularly given that it's someone who has quite a fractious relationship with them anyway and it's like zero and it's a wolf boy um, vampires and wolves they don't traditionally get along they they do not according to this series and underworld like if there's one thing i've learned between those two terrible series of movies (laughs) yeah it's that werewolves and vampires are mortal enemies um and so again then that's it and he goes off in a huff after being told to go away but then he's back there again and i guess they kind of resolved it sort of he and then keeps it's never, coming back and then it's it's never mentioned again like this whole weird situation is just yeah. fine now she just sort of becomes okay with it yeah because there's a bigger problem which is the volturi are coming they are coming to get you they're coming to get them all um and uh but that doesn't happen for a really long time and before that they have to resolve loads of other random stuff that they that they decide needs to be given a priority um so uh so first they have to realize oh we we've, we've got to tell your dad that you're dead bella oh Sorry yeah about that. <laughs> so um, um jacob goes to tell him and then he reveals to him that he's a wolf um and Charlie Charlie says to someone else, or maybe it's to him, he goes, I've just watched a kid I've known all his life turn into a very large dog. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And also in that scene, um, he's like, I've got to, sh-, like, Jacob's like, I've got to show you something. And he just starts taking his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> and Charlie and just like, says, what? Char- Charlie says, Jacob, put your clothes on. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, and it's, it's like, is Jacob a pedo and also like an exhibitionist flasher pervert? To be to be fair, like Charlie is a bit of a dilf, so yeah. that mustache man, he's he's great. Charlie's the most fuckable character in the whole the whole series. He is hashtag Team Charlie once again. <laughs> team Charlie. Um. So so then everything's fine because then he turns up and they don't tell Bella's dad that he that she's a vampire or that any of them are vampires. But now he just knows that there's weird supernatural stuff going on. And he's like, okay, that's fine. My daughter's now some something weird and supernatural. She's not a wolf person, but she's something. And this is my niece slash daughter. And they won't explain to me exactly what it is, but that's fine. And yeah, this this is my creepy CGI grandchild. Yeah, that, and it looks proper creepy. Um, yeah. and, and, and then it grows at a very quick rate. So it's now like, by the time it's like walking, they're then walking it around. And then this is where the Volturi come into it. And they're all like, hmm, we've got to go and stop this because somebody comes to come visit one of their friends from Alaska or something. I don't know, yeah. one of them. It's, um, a, it's and- an Alaskan cousin and she sees the kid flying around and then decides that the kid is an immortal, which they then obviously have a contrived sequence explaining what an immortal is. And it's basically like an angry, super-powered child who burns villages and fucks shit up and the vampires are very scared of them and want to kill it. And then, again, it's just so so contrived it's yeah. like she she then immediately is rushing to the volturi and then the whole of the film becomes about them trying to it's like oh we can't just convince the volturi we need witnesses but then they end up like fighting them anyway and it's it's just like rather than actually just showing it's like the volturi will instantly believe that the child is an immortal and needs to be killed based on very little evidence but with all the evidence in the world they won't believe the contrary no exactly but you know they no have to come to fire. washington to have a to have a battle because obviously there has to be a battle that there, there always has to be a battle 
Um, and and this immortal child thing is something that's been covered in uh, in vampire fiction before, and in a very interesting way. So, like in an interview with the vampire, um, they turn a child into a vampire. And it it raises all these interesting questions about why did you turn me? I can never grow old. I can never have children of my own. I can never have sex or anything like that. They can't have any of those things that you take for granted as as an adult. Um, And it kind of glosses over all of that stuff. It's just like, oh, if you turn a child, you can then become infatuated with it and believe that it's the purest form of life. Um, But then they might have a strop and kill a load of people. Um, Yeah. And, and again, but, it's it's that kind of conservative idea of the, the purity of life and children and whatever, and it's a bit sickening. Yeah, it's all a bit horrible. But th- but then they show a flashback scene to an immortal child, which is my favourite scene in the entirety of the series, yeah. where there's this immortal child that's killed like a village, and then the Volturi turn up and they have to clean up the mess, basically. And so they kill the person responsible for turning it in the first place. And then Dakota Fanning simply picks up this little toddler and throws, and throws, it, throws it into a bonfire whilst, whilst Michael Sheen smiles on and it made me laugh I had to pause it's to obviously stop. like a really like floppy doll just chucking it into <laughs> yeah. the fire and like it's supposed to be really dramatic and horrible I'm like oh my god how could they do that to a child but I, I was laughing it was so funny it was great yeah. Um, and so yeah and so after that point they're like we've got to go and get our own witnesses to prove that this isn't an immortal child and it's really just kind of some kind of sick abomination caused by a human sleeping with a vampire instead which is a hundred times better um and so they run off around the world and and this bit's quite entertaining where they go off around the world and they meet all these other vampires uh they meet rami malek who i love he's great great. he should be in everything and he's like uh he he can control the elements and stuff like that that's his superpower he can make Um, fire he can make fire, he can control like water and earth and stuff like that. He's great. Um, and I, I realised at this point that we've completely forgotten about all of her human friends. So the yeah. people that were relatively important in the first few movies have now just completely dropped off the face of the earth. We Do they seen even them appear the in Breaking Dawn Part 2? No, they appear in the credits oh. at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just completely forgotten about. Like, she this she film clearly is has about, no time for uh, them. Having a baby and then a big battle threatening the baby... And then, yeah, nothing about her previous friends at all, which says that you should get married, have a baby, and ditch all your high school friends and do nothing but be a mum. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's what you should do. You don't need friends or a job or a career or fulfillment yeah. outside of your family. That's what matters. Um, I, I, I've made a point here that I wish I'd just watched Breaking Dawn Part 2 without any kind of context whatsoever. I wish I'd just jumped into this movie and had to try and figure out what had happened in the previous films. Well, because... you'd have had time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With all the boring scenes, like, labouring the point. Um, and so, yeah, because it makes zero sense if you haven't watched the others in a way that no movie should ever have to deal with. Like, you should always be able to go into a film and have some kind of idea about what's going on. But yeah. in this one, you have like zero clue what's you going on. You can generally pick up threads and that yeah. kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, if know, you don't know that... what imprinting is, for example, you'll be completely lost. You'll Why... just be like, the <laughs> yeah. wolf is a definite pedo. <laughs> Why is this wolf a pedophile? <laughs> um, and and uh, yeah, so they're going around the world and then they're like warned about who the Voltari have who are really powerful. And they you get warned specifically about the dark gifts of Jane. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was a great contrast to the evil evil villain james of the first movie you've got jane and james jane um, and alec they 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 drop off the kid for a bit with with charlie who now has a new girlfriend is that yep. a new girlfriend she's just randomly there she's at randomly christmas there. he's got a new girlfriend 
Um, I imagine that in the books, maybe that's a larger thread to discuss. But yep. yeah, um, uh, and but then, I think that's nice for him. So yeah, that made me yeah, happy. that's good. And and then they have and then kind of they very just there's like lots of boring montages of training and stuff like that. And then it's time for the big battle. So the Voltari are there with their witnesses and their guard, um, and uh, and to start with, rather than fight, they have a little chat, and he goes and has a chat with Edward. And uh, he gives an amazing laugh. It's one of the best laughs I've yeah. ever heard in a movie. You could um, tell he was he was properly having fun with that. It's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think like yeah, he clearly he knew that this film was going to be a piece of shit, and he was just like loving it. Um, yeah. he's the best thing about every movie in in this series. It, yeah, he's worth sure. watching. Um, but then it turns out that the he realizes, oh yeah, no, this isn't an immortal child. Okay, and rather than thinking, oh, you know what, this is quite a this kind of mistake could happen if someone sees like a vampire kid, they probably just think, you know what, that's an immortal child. We better we better get that sorted out before it causes all kinds of problems. Yeah. But rather than doing that and taking the the cousin's word with a benefit of the doubt, you know, she didn't know what was going on. They just decide to kill her. They're like, like, let's kill her anyway. Let's kill her anyway. It's like snitches get stitches, basically. Um, And uh, and so she gets killed. And then uh, they're like, right, now we're going to grab Alice because we want her. And we're going to end up killing that kid anyway because it's well dodgy, bruv. Um, And so they grab Alice. And then that's when the fight begins. And it starts with with Daddy Cullen uh, running off Carlisle. He runs off on his own. It's like, you get away from my vampire daughter thing. Um, but then he gets taken down pretty quickly and gets killed. Yeah. And he like, gets beheaded. They all get beheaded, basically. Yeah. There's a weird like th- thing, convention that's established in this film of that the way people die is to have their head ripped off and then their arms ripped off bloodlessly. Yes, and then thrown in a fire. It's almost like they're porcelain dolls, giant porcelain dolls. Yeah, basically. it's really weird. Um, it's very odd. And I quite like that about it is that they have this weird thing like that. It's quite different. It's a shame yeah. that it wasn't executed well in any sort of way. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, he gets killed and he gets his head ripped off and his arms ripped off and then you imagine that they're going to like throw him on a bonfire, which is what they normally do with people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I thought oh, it's really sad that he died, but maybe he shouldn't have run off on his own like an idiot. And then the rest of them will start charging into battle. Um, Bella has this magic shield thing that she can do now for some reason. Yeah. Um, All and... of them just have like random superpowers. Yeah. For no reason. For no. Just for no reason they want whatsoever. they want to throw them into the battle, whatever. And uh, and and then she gets distracted by fighting, and then she loses it, and then a bunch of people die, and it's like, oh, Bella, you're shit again. You can't do anything right. You just led to a load of people getting killed. Um, and and so the fight goes on. One of the Cull- one of the other Cullens gets killed off. I can't remember the name of that one. It's the guy with the floppy hair. And it's like, oh, he seemed relatively yeah. nice. He's he's a floppy bit hair Cullen. Floppy hair Cullen. Um, and and like lots of people are dying on both sides. A wolf gets killed, and it's supposed to be really emotional, I guess. Yeah. Um, because it shows it in like slow motion, and like they spend a lot of time on it getting killed. Um, but I have no idea which wolf it was. No, because I could and never they all keep howl track of, in agony. Yeah, I could never keep track of which wolf was which. So no. one of them died, and you're like, oh no, one of the wolves died. Oh well, it um, wasn't Jacob. It wasn't Jacob because he's bros. run off with the kid. Yeah, to he's, do he's taken her, to it. and he's <laughs> running through the forest with her on on his back. Yeah, and then they're being chased by one vampire, which he kills off because you know it's being one chased vampire. by the the Japanese vampire. Yes, yeah, 
and uh and um then the fight continues for a bit and then rami malik's like you know what let's just sort this out and he punches the ground and a big chasm opens up and it kills a load of people basically and you think maybe you could have just done that at the start you could have wandered up to them and just smashed the ground killed all of them at the beginning would have solved the entire problem that's the thing about random superpowers you know they always create logical problems like this yes um and so the fight continues all of the bad guys get killed michael sheen gets his head ripped off Um, and it rolls along the ground like a football yes Unfortunately, the Sunday League football team does not start playing with his head as a football. Um, And then there's like a flash back to Alice standing there with Michael Sheen. And it turns out that it was all a dream. Yeah. Lol. Lol. The entire battle didn't happen. She was just showing him what would happen if the battle took place and that it would be so hilarious because the film is saying to you we know you wanted the battle or we wanted you to have the battle there had to be a battle because that's what you have in any kind of franchise film like this so we weren't going to not give you the battle duh but it didn't make sense to the actual story so we're just going to cop it out with a dream yeah we're just going to tell you you know we're going to show you it but it's going to have no ramifications whatsoever and and there's going to be no emotional impact on it at all you just got to see some people fight yeah it was that was something else that that's a great I, I don't think i've ever been as irritated <laughs> at the end of a movie in my life um and yeah so it's all a dream and then the voltario like oh okay maybe we shouldn't do this i mean there's still a few questions to be answered and then like these two people walk out of the woods and one of them's like oh yeah no i was i was uh like, i was born of a human but my dad was a vampire yeah and like, it does happen you know yeah, he's <laughs> just like, yeah, I'm fine. And then I yeah. sort of turn immortal after seven years when I'm fully grown. And then everyone's like, okay, that's fine then. See you later. Yeah, the Volteria are like, all right, as long as one other person is doing it, then I guess it's okay. Yeah. Let's go back to Italy and drink lots of wine and eat lots of grapes and have lots of money. Yeah, and then and then that's the end of the film. They They then cut again to Bella and Edward hanging out in a field of flowers, which happens in almost every movie. And they talking about how much they love each other and they love each other and then they sort of have a, a premonition of the future where um where their stupidly named child is fully grown and is clearly going out with jacob yeah but it's, it's only it, like heavily implied it doesn't show like them having sex or anything it's just like, no, the, the no. four of them on a beach or having a nice time yeah and you, and you wonder like because she's going to become immortal the, the stupidly named kid yeah um, but then, like, he's not surely uh, yeah, Jacob uh, because he's just a wolf man. We talked about this for a long while. It's like, oh, the wolves immortal? Are they not? How do they live? Like, it's then it's never that's never clear either. But his dad's like an old dad aged guy. So, yeah. So like, I think they they age like humans do. Yeah. Um, but can he then get turned into a wolf vampire? Yeah. Because, like, Who I think knows? that would be that would be fair, wouldn't it? Because then he can be with the person that he's imprinted on. They could easily have tacked on a sixth, seventh, and eighth film exploring all of this, but f- mercifully, <laughs> the franchise ended <laughs> here. Well, but maybe that's the whole thing. We every can do next Paddy, yeah, but that. I I thought that because every single film felt tacked on to the last one. It didn't really feel like there was any kind of big arc. Like with other similar franchises, like we keep talking about Harry Potter and the Hunger Games and other stuff like this. With Potter especially, I mean, that had the convention of the school years, there being seven school years to work through, obviously. Um, but it always it was always building up towards the big kind of final villain. 
And the villain in Twilight just seemed to keep swapping from being different things to being the vampire's desire for blood. Or now it's the bad vampires. Or now maybe it's the wolves, but no, they're good, really. And now it's the Volturi. And now it's this. And now it's like the baby and whatever. And it's like there was there wasn't enough that the arc across the films was just basically non-existent. Yeah, and it all comes down to the fact that the focus of the movies is purely on the romantic side. That is the priority here, and the other storytelling is is second place. Um, yeah. It's almost like an afterthought. Whereas, like even the Hunger Games, which still has that love triangle thing, and like the Hunger Games is very smartly focused on basically being battle royale meets Twilight. Yeah, um, where they all have that kind of like, oh, who's she going to be with? But it's still that still comes second place to the overall story and the overall world that's been created. Um, whereas with Twilight, everything is all about Edward and Bella and Jacob. Yeah, and and everything else is just like, eh, we'll come up with something. Yeah, it's about like it's it's supposed to be like this huge grand love story, and it's like it thinks that that is enough of an arc to carry the whole thing when actually it's not. If you're going to throw in elements like wolves and vampires and the Volturi and whatever, like and Charlie, you know, that's then they all need to work together. It all needs to come together, and it, it, you know, a, a love story between two grumpy, sullen teenagers isn't enough. No, no, it's yeah, it doesn't work at all. And I, I, I kind of find it fascinating that this became as big as it did. Yeah, um, because like I've not read the books. I understand the books aren't very good. Um, and it, I, I know that it all taps into this romantic ideal, um, which must be how it's got so big. But like, there's other things that do this kind of thing in a much more interesting and better way. And you'd have thought that the, the trash quality of, of the movies in particular would have stopped them from becoming a huge deal. Yeah. I think it was very, very smartly marketed at impressionable teens. And it was definitely like the the numbers or the the people who got behind it were probably of a certain age at the time, and even probably now they've probably grown up a bit and look back and go, "Oh, that was nonsense." Like I don't feel like it's necessarily endured at all. Like no one's talking about Twilight anymore. They aren't still trying to spin stuff off of it. Although Stephanie Mayer is still writing, or like a couple of years ago she released a book that was like a gender swapped version of it, which is quite interesting, I suppose. But um. Yeah, it's people aren't milking it in the same way that they are with other franchises for that reason, I think. I think it it worked for impressionable teens at the time, but now that they've grown up, it doesn't have as much of a market, but that's always going to be a strong market if you can tap into it, which they managed to do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um it's just it's just fascinating that something so bad became so big. Yeah. Um without it ever really being like it never really had like a guilty pleasure thing to it. Like a lot of people no. like Fifty Shades of Grey and that's a very much a guilty pleasure. And that's like, you can you can discuss the sort of like uh, themes and the ideology behind Fifty Shades of Grey all the time. But like people being interested in reading a raunchy book, that's, you know, that's always going to be the case. If someone finds something that they find titillating and that they enjoy reading, that's, you know, fair props to you. Yeah, um, nothing wrong with that. Whereas this, like, it doesn't have that titillation. It doesn't have that guilty pleasure. And most of the people that I knew that really liked Twilight at the time, they didn't think about it as being like, oh, this is rubbish, but I like it anyway. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, this is, these are bad movies. 
I don't remember. I remember very few people who I think were our age actually kind of genuinely liking it. I think maybe a few people went to see a few of the films and thought they were okay in a kind of trashy way. But yeah, I don't. I don't remember it being this huge thing. Yeah, I, I, I think I knew more people than you did who really enjoyed it. Um, but it's there. I, it mind-bogglingly awful. I think the last one is the best because it's so absolutely batshit insane. Yeah, that it, you kind of overlook all of the rubbish in favor of the few scenes that really are, are just so stupid that it's enjoyable. Because um, often with kind of big franchises like this, critics are always going to be snobbish about it. So it's easy to dismiss them or the flip side of that to be if you're a fan to be like, oh, well, you know, you just don't get it because you're you're a snob and you, you are an intellectual or whatever. And it's just it's just a trashy thing. Like, let us have our trashy thing. You don't get it. But like, you know, people say the same thing about Potter or whatever. But it's like it's, these films genuinely are very bad. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're like the the romantic equivalent of the Transformers movies, effectively. Like the yeah. the Transformers movies are absolute trash. Like they're awful. They give you a headache watching them. They're not yeah. entertaining in the slightest. They're not even good action movies. And I'm, I I love stupid action films. Like I I I enjoy like the Fast and Furious movies, for instance, and stuff like that. I'm not a yeah. although I like lots of highbrow cinema. I also like the really big blockbuster stuff that most people scoff at. Um, and this is they're just bad films they're, they're just bad movies um and i don't i don't get it i don't get it in the slightest but i'm glad i got to experience them yeah it's important to understand and engage with phenomena such as this and i'm i'm glad that we did it but um, yeah i'm also glad that it's over that's what you think uh <laughs> we're gonna change the podcast into a pure twilight podcast yeah okay well no we we alternate so one week we talk about twilight the other week we talk about the bridges of madison county (laughs) (laughs) all right deal ad infinitum deal i like it would you rather watch new moon again or the bridges of madison county again i would rather watch new moon new moon had (laughs) more going on yeah seriously (laughs) (laughs) there was bits of new moon that i found entertaining and that i laughed at yeah um i i understand that bridges of madison county is a better movie you know performances objectively objectively a better film but i found much more entertainment in the most boring of the twilight movies yeah i think i i i know i keep banging on about it but the lack of an arc across them really made them fall flat for me i think with a lot of them you at least kind of or if you're watching some kind of franchise that you're not necessarily going to be into um then you can probably at least engage with the wider story arc and that will keep you hooked in a way. But it, it didn't have that either. Like I was expecting the Volturi to be some kind of thing that 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 like develops as a big threat over the course of the film and gets worse and worse. And eventually the whole of the last film is about them trying to have a big final battle where they defeat them and then that's it. And they can go back to being good vias, good vampires. But instead, the last film's about her having a baby. It's yeah. rubbish. And like, there is no resolution for the for the future of vampires. Most vampires are still going out eating people, yeah, and running the secret society. So it is just the minority that aren't eating people. So there's no resolution there either. Yeah, um, there's no re- real resolution to anything apart from that they love each other. Yeah, that's it. They love each other. Now they have a creepy baby, and they have a happy future with their creepy baby and their pedo wolf friend. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, isn't that what we can all hope for? Well, it's 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 all that anyone could ask for, isn't it? Yeah, you know that that's the, it's the American dream. 
<laughs> nice house. Dream. Nice house. Kids. Pedo wolf. Yep. So what? What? Um. How are we? How are we going to rate this? Um. How many hours of your life do you not want back? <laughs> oh well, I actually, yeah, I want all of them back. So it's lasted about ten hours, but no, I'm gonna. I think I'd give this the whole saga. You have to kind of give the average for the whole thing, don't you? We don't want to individually score them. Um, I say six out of twenty. I guess you know yeah. there are a few a few commendable performances, some good music, some okay effects, but. Yeah, overall, it's kind of a bafflingly popular, strange franchise that promotes conservative messages and, yeah, has is just creepy and strange. Yeah, I'm going to go with a 7 out of 20 for this. I, oh, I, one, you're one up on me. I'm one, one up. up on you. I did not like these films, but at the same time, I found them fascinating to watch. There was bits in them that were really entertaining in a so-bad-it's-good kind of way, but... That's not yeah. enough to save it because so much of it was so boring and so slow. Like, yeah, no, it was in no way could it enter the pantheon of so bad it's good. Like it's yeah, it's gen- it's like a world away from like the room is genuinely better cinematically, objectively, for example. Yeah, I would not stand in the way of a bullet aimed at the Twilight franchise. <laughs> You are my rose, you are my rose, yeah. Yeah, it should have ended with him just singing that at her over and over. That would have been Which great. seems like the kind of creepy, weird thing he would do. I would like to see the Twilight movies reshot by Tommy Wiseau, with him yeah. as him as Edward, yeah. um, him Greg as Sestero as Jacob, and... Oh, shit. In fact, if you just yeah, if you just used the room cast, shot it on the budget, on like a low budget. So like when he turns into a wolf, he just puts on like a wolf costume, wolf mask, (laughs) just a wolf mask. (laughs) And Tommy Wiseau's got those like fake fangs that you buy at the pound shop on Halloween. Yeah, if that if they if they remade it like that, I would be all over that film in a heartbeat. Um, But as it stands, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm pleased that I finally got around to watching these films. It feels like a fitting end to our Halloween month as well. Yeah, definitely. It's it's been good. This is definitely a good way to to wrap it all up. We've we've seen some good stuff. It's been really really good fun. But now we're uh, we're back to we're going to be back to normal next week. We are November. Yeah. November has no theme. No, it's just kind of the build up to Christmas. But we're going to save Christmas for December. So back to the normal schedule and. Before October, we had Les Mis, and that was your choice. So I think it's my choice now. Yes, indeed. So I was we were talking about R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet before, but I feel like that's also kind of a, a weird one um, so that, that we should maybe save for a future episode as we've, we've just done a kind of like franchise thing. So I think we should just go back to a straight-up thing that I think I know is going to be good, um, and I want us to watch Away We Go because it's one of my faves. So oh yay! It's 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 a real it's a goodie. Yeah, love it. Brilliant choice. It'll hopefully, be a very very good antidote to um, having seen having wasted ten plus hours of your life on the Twilight Saga. For sure, man. I mean, the one negative of this is that I'm now going to be breaking my vow to only watch horror movies over the course of October. Oh, I'm but sorry. It's worth it to be able to watch Away We Go because that is a genuinely great, fantastic film. Yeah, cool. So yeah, let's let's not spoil that. 
Um, we've been talking for over two hours and I have to go eat now. So as we, as we're going to wrap this one up. So it's been a long one, obviously, for the, appropriately for the, the Twilight Saga. But what did you make of it? Are we wrong? Are we just snobs? Are you okay with pedo wolfing? Tell us at big at, on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod or on the emails BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, if you could be a wolf or a vampire, what would you be? <laughs> if you if you were turned into a vampire, but it did come with the prerequisite that you became really boring and snarky, do you think that that's a good payoff? Yeah. If you were a wolf, what would be your best banter with your other bro wolves? Or what, what items would you bring to the wolf bro house to make it a really macho atmosphere? If you could be a paedophile version of any animal, what animal would you be? <laughs> a chicken. <laughs> Pedo chicken. <laughs> on on that note um enjoy your halloween because i think this will come out before halloween won't it it will indeed yeah happy halloween Halloween. i love you bella (laughs) i don't (laughs) mean yeah